Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now Wrigley or Gantee So the whole league that we here now New show with a new mood Discussions and interviews Straight rumors that might be This is Pinwheels and Knife Yeah This is what you waiting for, yeah You can put it on the board, yeah Every season they get all changed Take me out to the bar game This is what you waiting for, yeah You can put it on the board So the T2 pitch, Kipnis, Jason Hayward at second base, Cubs down 2-0, season down. You got, you got the feet ahead of us? Dang it, Yumper. And a swing and a miss, Cubs. Season ends on a strikeout. Fitting. How fitting. Very <laughs> and, uh, I think, I, and again, I think that was a fastball, right? Uh, 93 mile an hour fastball in her half. And Kinsler is yelling and talking some shit. Wow. As he should, I guess. All right. We are now at the. Uh, oh, swipe that jersey, Brandon. Post game uh, show of the Cubs. So, Kevin, thoughts on the series? Let's just go thoughts on the series, I guess. First thought Brandon Kinsler's still a dick. Um, sorry, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Kinsler banned from the show. No, Brandon, he's not banned. For, yeah, he big leaked us in the offseason because he wasn't sure where he was going to sign. And I kind of mocked that he signed with the Marlins. And look at that. That sucks. I didn't mock him to his face or anything, but I silently behind his back, I did. Well, that hurts, man. The team is, uh, and I wouldn't say garbage. Garbage is a, is a little bit hyperbole. Garbage would be Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, that's trash. Um, being a division champion, despite the fact that you couldn't hit for shit, says something, but. In the end, it's about winning postseason games. And the Cubs have now for the fifth year, fifth time in six years, um, have not gotten it done. Um, for the fourth time in five years, they've not gotten past their first first round matchup, whatever it might be, whether it's a playing game or whether it's a series, right? So it's a little bit disappointing. No, third time in four years, because 2015 they got to the NLCS, 2017 they got to the NLCS. So since 18, 19, 20, so three, yeah. Not good. Sucks. Um, you know, COVID ends. You know, everybody's going to go home. We got a lot to talk about in the offseason. There's a lot of stuff that could happen. The Cubs are swept by the Marlins. Um, and uh, I guess I got to send Brandon a text, too. Son of a bitch. Ah, um, again, uh, normally, no if this was uh, 2018... Uh, I'd be more mad, but I think I told you. I think I told you and Zoe this about a month ago. I think um, this is what the team was. Uh, not a good offensive team. No adjustments made. We got a couple nice seasons from Jason Hayward and Ian Happ. Uh, you know, KB got those last couple games against the Sox. That was good. That was good to see. Like, he, he, at least he got like something at the end where he didn't have to go into the offseason and be like, "Holy shit, I was just complete dog shit this year." So at least he got that at the end. Uh, but I mean, this is really nothing. This is not a surprise. Uh, I know we both picked the Cubs to, uh, beat the Marlins this series, but, uh, I mean, as far as, uh, I go, uh, definitely not confident in the offense and how can you be, uh, again, it didn't, it didn't matter who 
uh, was pitching against them. We saw that last week uh, in Pittsburgh. Uh, even guys who they previously dominated, like hit well against, uh, they just got completely shut down. For some reason, just couldn't hit fastballs this year. Couldn't hit with the bases loaded this year. Uh, as Jesse Rogers so eloquently put it uh, early on in uh, Game Two, he's like, you know, the Cubs uh, have trouble with uh, not only do they have trouble with fastballs, they have trouble with spin, with uh, off speed, with everything. Yeah, they, they just can't hit. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he could have just thought that the Cubs don't hit. Uh, so yeah, uh, it sucked. I thought uh, I thought Kyle. It was a shame that Kyle Hendricks wasn't on his A game, uh, and he kind of just fizzled out at the end there. You Darvish had one mistake. I know he gave up a second run, but like I mean, at that point, I don't know. Again, I have no clue where the, in, the infielders or the corners were in with two outs. That was weird. Or Rizzo was in. That was weird. Uh, but it didn't matter because Cubs scored uh, one total run uh, against the Marlins, and uh, yeah, we head to the off season with. The same question marks that we've had the past two offseasons, <laughs> uh, and that uh, again the same the same uh, answers I guess the same easy answer is a add more contact guys. Who is yeah, that I mean, going to be? Are they going to spend any money? Doubt it. Uh, <laughs> it's officially bear season, but hey, the thing that they need like and we talked about it earlier too, the Cubs need a professional leadoff man. They don't need to experiment if they can't again if Ricketts can't open the pocketbooks. A he can suck it. But B, if Ricketts won't open the pocketbooks, there's a big problem with this organization. And he hasn't. That's why there hasn't been any extensions. And now Scrooge McRicketts is going to cry even more poor despite being 100% over budget on the construction project. And the Cubs aren't going to be able to go out and buy anything. They're not going to be able to improve the bullpen. They're not going to be able to improve anything. And they're going to sit here and he's going to collect this profit because we as Cub fans, we're all suckers, just like someone like me here in Vegas. You know, I don't know about how much you guys pay there in Chicago for a, you know, a couple dogs and a French fry and a drink. But out here, it cost me 15 bucks for two dogs, fries, and a drink. I pay those crack prices because I'm a crackhead when it comes to my Chicago dogs. Same thing though. Cubs, we're crackheads. We pay. We, we, we just somehow every time we keep coming back like a, like gluttons for punishment. And until Ricketts shuts up and just opens up the pocketbooks instead of collecting a, a salary uh, or profits, we're not going to be able to improve this team. It's just not going to happen. And we're, uh, they're not going to be able to improve this team. We don't play for them, I guess. But the, the idea of, you know, th- they need a, they need a professional leadoff guy. They need a better bullpen. They need, they need a good left-handed option. I know that Burl Carroll weighs on his way up and hopefully he'll be ready next year. But, and you got, um, uh, Marquez as well. But the fact is they need, they need consistent contact guys. They need guys that are, you know, that can stir the pot a little bit. You need, you need havoc creator creators. Hamilton's great if he could get on base, but he's not that guy. He doesn't get on enough. You need someone and Dexter Fowler's too old. I love Dex too. He's just too old. It's it, it just, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe for a one year deal, maybe finish out that 20, 21 season, give him a one year contract if that's how, if that's possible. I don't know if he's he a free agent now after the season. I don't think he is because he signed in 2017. Was it, I was going to say, is, it wasn't a larger deal. Yeah. So Dex is kind of, yeah, Dex is out. Um, so that won't happen, but we need someone similar in that similar mold. Um, yeah. He's getting paid 16 and a half million next year too. So. I mean, I honestly think I know. I know at the end, Ian Happ really like kind of uh, really struggled uh, like the last two, three weeks in September. But I mean, he had like an eight nineteen OPS as the leadoff man. Again, short sample size; it was only thirty seven games. But he, I think he did a fine job. Three, thir- I mean, the, um, again, it, for him, it was more the slugging this year. Um, again, uh, but if if they can find an upgrade, yeah, because. It it sucks, man. I don't. And again, it's it's always tough because because we saw it we saw it just last year, <laughs> where Kyle Schwarber absolutely was brutal, and then all of a sudden, last three months he was great. Maybe maybe that uh, like you've mentioned before, maybe that three months was a fluke, and like the rest of it is just like a mediocre hitter. But 
I mean, that guy still hits a lot of home runs. He still draws a lot of walks. And, you know, as much as much as everyone thinks that he sucks on defense, he doesn't. Great arm. Elite arm. Uh, we saw that again in game two when he threw out uh, Rojas at second. That's just the disappointing uh, part of the, the offseason, though. And we talked about it on the show a couple times. We Theo wasted the peak value for Kyle Schwarber. There was the potential there for him to package Schwarber like with Hayward, which is a bloated contract. And I know it's not a popular thing to say about Hayward or Schwarber being good, you know, decent lefty. They've had pretty good seasons, but you know, that contract, Jason Hayward's contract is an albatross right now. And regardless, um, he, you know, 280 this year, you know, is it kind of more of an outlier compared to everything else for him? And, and just like with last year's three month, you know, spin with, with Schwarber's more of an outlier. They had an opportunity to package them up and get something in return, or at least free up some payroll to go get some, really fix some holes. Um, you can replace, I'm sorry, I just, I think you can replace a Schwarber. I think you can replace a Hayward. Those are guys that aren't, you know, that, that, that you can find someone to do a job differently. Not the same. They're not going to hit home runs the same, but maybe someone that's more of an extra base hit guy, like a gapper guy. And you put them in left field, you know, I mean, you know, if you were able to package Schwarber and, and uh, Hayward out, I, I mean, does one say that the Cubs could have at least been able to afford Ryan Castellanos or Nick Castellanos, excuse me. I mean, if you had those two payrolls cleared, would they have been able to pay for him? Does that change the offense? Can you pay KB, you know, at least market value? Or do you let KB play his 2021 season? And mid, like we said, midway through the season, it's either a signer, signer, signer trade guy. You know, if he's, if, if he's doing it, you sign him, you extend him. You know, if he's not, you trade him and you get something out of it, at least at, at the all-star break or at the trade deadline. But I don't know. There's so many, it seems like there's just so much to fix. But, you know, in the end for us last year, our biggest thing was the bullpen. And they didn't really do much to improve it, but it happened to improve by default. Jeffers. I'll, I'll say this about the bullpen. Uh, I mean, it didn't really work out in 2018 or in 2019 because of like the high leverage and like when they signed Kimbrell, he just, uh, the injuries or whatever it was, he just wasn't it. Um, and like, it, uh, again, it was like the high leverage spots that the Cubs struggled in, in 2019. When uh, Going back to 2015, every single year, there have been question marks in the bullpen. And by the end, you know, they figured it out. Uh, I think on this this year they were on track before that uh, like before that Sunday game when Marquez made his debut and like the Sox scored what was it like uh, eight runs in the past mm-hmm. in the last two innings the Cubs are going to have a top ten bullpen again uh, yep. in terms of ERA so again it's frustrating that uh, you know they don't go out there and sign the marquee guys for the bullpen but hey you got to you do have to give them credit for eventually they do find guys they have been able to uh, get some guys who we haven't really heard of and then they get it done eventually. Maddie, I think this is a really good question. If they traded KB, I feel like they get less value for KB because he's he might come across as banged up or a little bit banged, like not in peak value. I think Javi, I know, I mean, it, it sounds blasphemous to say this. You could swindle the shit out of some organization that thinks about Javi as a marketable tool um, and get something for Javi probably more despite the fact that he was so bad this year, arguably the worst hitter in Major League Baseball, at least by sample size. Um, you could still get something because Javi, he's on the cover of MLB The Show. He's a tagger. He's f- popular. He sells jerseys. You could get an organization to say, I'll take Javi for some good young pitching that, that that doesn't need much development. Yeah. But I think with KB, you, you're not, you don't want to trade KB at his lowest point right now. You, you know, if you're going to trade him, you're going to trade him after a really good first half of the, of the 2021 season. You're better off just waiting at least a little bit longer. Eat some of that arbitration. You know, you're going to have to pay him a little bit. I mean, but market value, he's probably going to lose his arbitration hearing. I mean, God, how can he even, what is he going to argue? I mean, KB? I, the defense, <laughs> that's, I mean, that you're not really going to, you're not going to be able to up your. 
that's the that's the thing, Kevin. I'm sorry to interrupt, but then mm-hmm. talking about arbitration, that's why I brought up Ian Happ earlier. There is a thing in like the collective bargaining uh, that they did for this year, or like whatever agreement that they made. It's almost as if 2020 didn't happen. They have to go back to. I think they have to go back to 2009 when they if they go to an arbitration hearing. I th- I saw a note and it was something like, "It's going to be interesting to see these arbitration hearings because it, it's you're not really going to have guys arguing for 2020 or teams arguing about 2020. It's going to be about 2019. So that's why I think I like Hap who had a breakout season, uh, and like maybe they can get him cheap. And yeah, no, sure. I don't think I don't think anyone's getting short or 15 to 20 million. He's no, I don't. Yeah, but I, you know what uh, you think of it too. Um, 2020 because it is still a small sample size. Like it's you it's like 60 games. Yeah. It's do too, you really want to make multi-million dollar decisions based on a one third sample size of a regular baseball season? No, hello. It's and not smart business. Why, and that's also why I just don't, again, unless um, like, I think things have to get like really bad again by like next July for like any mo- big movement. I just don't think that we're going to see, uh, I don't think we're going to have the uh, blow up the core that we might think. No, I think, and you, they're a couple pieces away from being one of the best teams in the game again. But there are pieces that need to be filled. There needs to be a better starter, and that you know we're getting rid of. You know, I mean, we didn't really cue as a God. That imagine having Eloy and Cease right now instead of Q, and how that could have helped the Cubs postseason. Minus, of course, his broken. Foot. I don't think he broke his foot if he had played for the Cubs. And, but imagine having those two guys in this. You know, that was a Theo boo boo forever for me. That's one of the. That's probably to me. Other than maybe the uh, what's the trade and what's his name uh, to the Yankees or whatever uh, was it Listella? No, Torres. No, not Damn. signing Listella. Not signing. Who was it? Who's with the Yankees? Mayhew. Dang it! I always it's one of the law dudes. Um, <laughs> both dudes were valuable for the Cubs, honestly. But to uh, you know, that's those are the two things that stand out to me as probably the worst moves he's ever made, uh, and, and maybe the Hayward contract too. Um, but not less that because of the speech and he they did win the World Series. But I think that. You know, getting rid of Q or getting Q for for Eloy and who's now a primetime player who's who carried, you know, could carry the White Sox at any point during their season and losing Cease, who's a good number three, number four starter in that rotation. It's coming back, man. Um, <laughs> right. They could have traded Eloy and Cease for Verlander. Holy shit. Are you ready for this stack, Kevin? Huh? Uh, the Cubs have now scored 10 runs in their last eight postseason games. It's the fewest runs scored by a National League team in an eight-game postseason span since Brooklyn had 10 runs in an eight-game span from 1920 to 1941. <laughs> so that was uh, that was a few different rosters. This is just all the same. We've been booted. Ah, too bad. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I was just talking. Um, yeah. Uh-oh. No, it's fine. We're still live on uh, Periscope. Yeah, we're still live on Periscope. Great. Um, Twitter, Twitter still loves us. Twitter didn't tag us. Facebook. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's frustrating. They – no adjustments were made. I, 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 have no, I have no clue what's – I said this uh, in August. Like, <laughs> what – what, like – God, I don't even know what the fuck to say now. I'm like – because the thing is, you're right. Like, what declarations are you going to make from a 60 game sample size? But at the same time, but at the same time, we've we've seen it before. <laughs> we've seen the same struggles in, at the end, at second half of 2018. We saw the same thing coming down in 2019. 
So it's 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 more than just the sixty game uh, struggle here. So, yep, yeah. it is. It, there's there's some there's some legitimate concerns with with adjustments. Um, I mean, you look at the lineup. I mean, let's go just down. You know, let's go through the roster here. I mean, you got Hap, who's starting to seem seemingly breaking out, which is great. Um, I think we've seen the last of Albert Armora. Um, Rizzo, you know, he's getting close to that peak moment where he's going to be on the downturn of his career soon. Wilson's kind of hitting that peak, which is good. Schwarber, we're just not sure what the hell we're going to get. Chris, you know, staying healthy is a big, 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 obviously plus for him, but uh, underappreciated. But, uh, you know, is going to command something on the market, whether or not it's with the Cubs or whether it's with uh, somebody else. You know, uh, I think he deserves better than what Cubs fans give him. I'll just be that as the uh, as, as his former ball coach. Um, they have no idea what they have and they just they're ignorant. They would crap on their own mom if it meant they if, if their mom went 0 for 4, they'd crap on their own mom. So some of these Cub fans, it doesn't matter what they do. It's like the Trubisky stuff. Um, it's like, you know, with Abreu, it's the Cub fans, just, their Chicago fans just get fixated on certain things and you won't be able to change their mind. The fact that he walked into a Cardinal series and saw some dude in a Cub hat pull up beside him, roll down the window, and say "You suck, Chris," is is typical of what, what we're dealing with. And so, do you think that guy wants to play in a city like that? They can go fuck themselves. I 100% agree with you, Kevin. But never compare Chris Mitch Trubisky to Chris Bryant ever again. True, he's at success. That's true. That's true. Uh, but, <laughs> but, this is, is, but these the, are things. That- is the top player, uh, Mr. Risky has been uh, average at best. Um, it, it's interesting in a season where there were no freaking fans. Chris still ate shit from fans. Um, and he deserves better than that. And you know what, if I'm, if I'm weighing my options, do I want to play for a fan base that is disloyal and as disloyal as cub fans post 2015 have been? I wouldn't, I would say, can I go somewhere? Where are they loyal? I don't know. Are fans loyal anywhere? I would say you go to a hungry place, San Diego, Anaheim, um, Colorado. These are places where, where you're going to get, I mean, even, even as big a dick as, uh, uh, what's his name's been, um, Arenado's been kind of back and forth joking, you know, kind of being touchy. They love him in Colorado. So, I mean, loyalty with the Chicago fan base is comes with a comes with a comes with a little disno, disclaimer, I guess. You are we're loyal to you so long as you produce now. It's no longer just loyal for you because you hustle and you bust your ass. Now, if you don't produce, we hate you. And that's not a good, that's a terrible fan base example. You're not going to sign many free agents that want to come play for this place. The idea and concept that the friendly confines are a place where good ball players want to go and play is bullshit. I don't buy it. I bet you most professional baseball players have watched how Chris has been treated and say, why would I want to go there and play for that fan base? I don't want that. I don't want that at all. And you don't think these guys talk. These guys talk a lot. They're like a knitting club. Um, it is it, it is the bandwagon club. They came back in 03 too. They were horrible in 04. They were horrible when they showed back up in the late 2000s as well, like in 09 or 08. And now they're back again. It's it's a bunch of meatballs that hate, are angry, and that think that the failure to get a, hit a double is some sort of personal vendetta instead of just saying the guy didn't get the job done. You know, you can boo effort. You can boo a dude not hustling. But do you boo a performance? Fuck no, it's stupid. It's ignorant. It's dumb. It's meatball shit. And so the Cubs fan base has done a great deal of damage to itself when it comes to Theo being able to land a free agent, you could have in the past landed a free agent at a discount because they wanted to play for the place that people call is the greatest place to play in baseball. It ain't that great anymore with these fans. When you get booed because you strike out looking in your first at bat in game 12, who wants to go? Who wants that? And that's where the Cub fan base is right now. And there needs to be a gut check with a lot of Cub fans. Are you in shit or get off the pot? Because if you're in, you're in and you're supportive all the way. And if not go suck it and go away. And that's kind of, you know, when Cubs lose, it purges everybody and it's great. It's fun. The Cubs fan base is great. But then when they start winning, these little, little, little dick holes start showing back up again and it becomes an ugly fan base all over again. And it's just, it's just the third time it's happened. It's disgusting to me. I, I, I'm a Cub fan. I'm a fifth generation Cub fan and it disgusts me. 
I don't like the people, you know, I love the Cubs. I don't have to like the fans all the time. And right now I don't like many of the fans. I just don't. Very ignorant. Sorry. That was my rant. I'm not even angry at the Cubs losing. I really am not. I, it, it's, you know, it's kind of like going to a funeral when someone's like, you know, terminal. The Cubs have been terminal for a couple of weeks now. Uh, it's just, it's, I mean, yeah. Uh, it's the old uh, cliche. I'm not mad. I'm uh, disappointed. Because, again, the team does have talent. It's not like we're not talking about a team that just, like, uh, you know, it was, like, not good and then just, like, lucked himself in the playoffs. But this team has talent. They've shown that they can be successful. And all of a sudden, we've seen far too many times the same issues uh, plaguing them. Mm-hmm. And the coverage, um, too. And you look at the and, – and Yumper makes a point. You look at the Chicago media. You look at the, you know, the, the fact that they start some of this shit too. And especially with the media under this, you know, in the pandemic, a lot of media getting fired, getting cut down. Some of the good ones are getting cut out. Why? Because the good ones don't play that clickbait game. And so it's about clicks. It's about getting controversy. It's about people tuning in. It's like bald freaks of, of, of dis, disinformation like cap that go out there and, you know, just make up contract offers because they want to hold water for management um, and they, they say these inflammatory things and they go out there and they keep their shows because they get the clicks. And the person that goes about their job that does a good job as a journalist, they end up getting on the cutting room floor. And that's a disappointing part of like journalism today too, is sports writers in Chicago. The good ones aren't really going to be around much longer because the good ones don't generate that controversy. They play it straight. And then you got guys that are standing in their backyard with a baseball glove. They bought at Walmart doing post-game radio, you know, post-game analysis when they wouldn't know an apple from an orange or their, you know, their elbow from their asshole. And that stuff bothers me. And that's something that Chicago as a whole has to deal with. And you feed the trolls, the trolls just get stronger. And right now, the trolls are, are heavyweight champs. And they are dictating the personal um, the personal outlook of Cub fans towards the players. And however they go, fans tend to go. It's very easy to manipulate a lot of part of the fan base. And that's just There's a lot of things wrong with Cubs baseball. And it's not just the product on the field. It's the product outside of the field. It's ownership. It's the media that covers it. It's the It's the... It's the fan base, partial parts of the fan base that are just meatballs. It, 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 it all comes together to make this a broken situation. And I really do hope that in the offseason, um, some, some internal looks, some people look in the mirror and start realizing that what is the best path forward. And, you know, if not, some of these guys probably want to get the hell out. I mean, they might say the right things in the press, but it'd be stupid to not want to stick, you know, to want to go somewhere else where it might be a better situation that's non-toxic because it's toxic right now. It's very toxic. And now a word from our sponsors. So after the Cubs uh, lost the series to the Marlins, the American League and National League Central is now a combined 2-13 and 13, uh, in the postseason. Six out of the seven teams have been elim- eliminated. Uh, the Cardinals are the last ones, and they're going to start their uh, winner go home against the Padres shortly. Or later tonight. Oh, I hope the Padres. So I'm now officially on the Padres train. I have plenty of Padres colors with my Bonanza stuff, so I'll, uh, <laughs> I will definitely rock uh, the Padres stuff. I, that's a team that I really hope – I really want the Padres to win it all now. If it can't be the Cubs, it's the Padres for me. Um, I hope I don't jinx them by just being a fan of them, though. Love them. I, I, I love the area. I love, obviously, the uniforms are sweet. So let's talk let, – you know what? Let's, let's actually talk about some positives. You, Darvish, uh, again, select that mm-hmm. uh, gets the loss here. Gave up uh, two runs in six and two-thirds. One pitch away from going seven. Shut out. That sucked. Got squeezed. Could have really had that strike three, but it's fine. Uh, wasn't all the way in the strike zone. Um, great season. Uh, finished off with a 2.01 ERA. He had, what, like maybe two bad starts all season? The oh, first mm-hmm. one against the Brewers and the one where he gave up three earned runs against the Twins. I think that was... That was really like his worst starts. Um, and I think both times he only gave up three earned runs. 
Um, great season for him. Great for him to follow up what he did in 2019 when he was unbelievable in the second half. And he was even better this year. Uh, I think he had like 14 walks or 15, something, some ridiculously low, low, low number uh, this season. Uh, he was great. Kyle Hendricks, once again, he finished off strong too. And, uh, a bummer that he didn't have uh, he didn't have it all for game one. Uh, but even then, I mean, he showed what great pitchers do when you don't when you don't have your A stuff, you still fight through. And uh, for the most part, he did. Um, Albert Alzali, uh, I think another positive. Uh, that's a guy who we all thought into the season before the shutdown back in March. It's like, hey, can this guy eventually compete for the end of, end of the rotation spot with Chatwood and and Mills? Like, can he be a, a guy that can kind of in the future? Uh, I don't know, man. They won 95 games in 2018. Yep. <laughs> we forget. We forget about that. They won 95. They we we are in the golden age of Cubs baseball. Broken would be 28 years without a playoff appearance, and yeah. we've had five and six years. It's not broken, but the it isn't. Is it isn't healthy. That's for the sure. Offense is, the offense is uh, lacking, uh, making adjustments uh, for mm-hmm. the past three years. Uh, but Alzelay, uh, I think he just struggled one time when he was too amped up against the Cardinals. Uh, but other than that, he was great in all of his appearances. I think that's a guy that you can plug into your bullpen next year. And maybe you start off spring training and he competes for the fifth starter uh, job. Um, Ian Happ. Uh, basically demoted, told, hey, get better. Uh, Albert Almora was picked over him to start off 2019. Mm-hmm. He comes comes up in July. I think he had like a close to 900 OPS or something. Yeah, I think he had like 11 home runs in two months. Uh, and once again, comes up in uh, 2020. And for a good month, he was one of the best hitters in all of baseball. Uh, I know in September, yeah, he had that terrible, terrible something where he had like, what was it, like nine strikeouts uh, against the, in that Red Series? Ten strikeouts in that Red Series in September. Uh, but still, he was pretty good, feel pretty good about him going forward. Or at least better than I did before. Like before, it was just like, ah, like is he going to, can he like make more contact? And he showed that this year he did. He, he was one of the few guys who actually took some fastballs mm-hmm. out for home runs. Uh, Jason Hayward, another guy who was up there with Ian Happ for a couple weeks as like the best position player on the Cubs. Uh, and again, once again, steady defense, gold glove defense again in right field. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, uh, Craig Kimbrell. You know, Kimbrell figured Kim, it out. Kimbrell figured it out. Earlier. He figured out look looked like the guy the Cubs were thought they were going to get. So I think you can count on him for, as the closer next year. I think that I think the emergence of Jeffers as well as a, as a legitimate bullpen option is a, is a nice plus too. That's that's a guy that kind of came in, uh, kind of not at least Cub fans weren't soups familiar with him, and he came in and he he I thought he had a fantastic season out of the bullpen, especially considering the I mean God, it feels like it does feel like 160 games ago that that dumpster fire of a bullpen was was going and now the, the fact that they really did lock it down in september and, and beyond that you know you know who gets a lot of credit for who who should get some you know a lot of the credit um besides obviously the guys I, I, you know in the clubhouse and the guys in the, you know out in the bullpen that are getting a job i mean you've got you know hotavi has done a fantastic job of getting that bullpen right you know he he got them right they were bad early bad and they were very very good late um and you know in fact you take away the uh, the whatever the six seven runs that they end up giving up in relief in that last game of the season, I, didn't they finish like a, one of the top three bullpens in the month of September toward down the stretch? I mean, yeah, that one just that 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 one outing where they were up eight to nothing or whatever when they brought in and two. Not like, just I think literally when you just go past the first, I think it was like the first nine games, 
Uh, and like they got lucky that they escaped with like a well, obviously they got to, off to that fast start, but it was past those like first nine or ten games. After that, they were like legitimately like top five at least for ERA, like bullpen. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they figured things out very fast. Jeremy Jeffries again, kind of like Hendricks the other day, just kind of didn't uh, didn't finish out how you would have liked. Um, he's an interesting guy because again we're talking about another uh, mid thirty year old reliever. Do you bring him back? There's always the worry of. There is nothing more uh, just like flimsy than a bullpen, though, because you mm-hmm. think a guy is on it one year and then the next year, bam, yep. he can just be bad again or something. Uh, but it, I wouldn't mind it, like a one-year deal. I'd, I, don't think I, I, don't, I think I, I don't think I'm uh, comfortable ever giving out a, a multi-year deal for a, a free agent reliever again. But uh, no, I would a uh, one-year deal maybe. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Bring him back. Cool. And uh, that's the positives too, you've got some guys waiting in the wings. I mean, you know, uh, you want to look at the, you know, cause this season did also include a draft. And I think the Cubs got the best, you know, the best value pick, I think in the entire draft with Ed Howard, who's going to be a fantastic short, I'm saying it again, short stop for the Chicago Cubs. So read into that. However the hell you want, he will be the starting shortstop for the Cubs. I think by the time he's 21, that's my belief. By the time he's 21, he'll be starting a shortstop for the Chicago Cubs. And if that means hobby's gone, so be it. Um, I think the kid is a gold mine. That the, the I think the Cubs wrapping that up was the, was the steal of the draft, and the kid is going to be a superstar in this league on the on the level of like a Barry Larkin to me. Um, I think they got Burl Caraway, who I believe Ooh, is a fantastic. I don't, don't want to do any more Barry Larkin comparisons because well, he'll be the guy. first Ed Howard, but he'll have those kind of capabilities. He'll be a guy that does saying, a lot of things. Guy who got, uh, compared to Barry Larkin is uh, playing oh, yeah, three rated. He also treats people the right way, but I just I think the Cubs got some really good value for their future. I think they really did get some some you know maybe the smaller shortened draft helped and they didn't have to feel like they had to throw lawn darts they were some sure thing but i think Burl caraway is going to be a name we're going to have we have to see Burl next year i think the dude's old enough i think by next year he'll get a spring invite we'll get to see him against some live hitters um we'll get to see we might even get to see ed howard a little bit in spring training i think that'd be great to let the kid get a little bit of an opportunity i'm sure that if they do winter ball this this winter if they're able to to muster it out um i think they're doing instructs i think that they so started they the whole uh boarding process very good so they can get that that'll be good and we'll get a chance to see ed work and get some development there too but uh you know i also like um what's his name from uh uh michigan uh big boy who can uh really he's really raw oh, but yes. um get i'm gonna butcher his name but yes the right-handed slugger from michigan yep i can't forget the, his name is very difficult to say but uh yeah he's a uh he's gonna be another good one possibly uh, mogu Sorry, Mogu. And then, of course, Luke Little, the big, gigantic eight-footer or whatever he is, left-handed yeah, yeah, pitcher. Yeah. Um, so you've got a lot of you've got a lot of positives there, too. So the Cubs, you know, they have guys that could be, you know, a year or two away from at least being contributors. I think, again, we're going to see Burl. I think we'll see Burl next year. I, I really do. I think that oh, he's going to be, I be think an integral. The only reason he wasn't up this year is just the whole the weird season that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think he's definitely – I'm not going to say penciled in to the opening day rotation or uh, bullpen, but definitely, I yeah, 2021, we should be seeing uh, Burl Caraway. And Ryan Jordan 10 says, time to move some pieces. Schwarber and Wilson seem like two guys that could be moved. I think Schwarber possibly. I don't think you really uh, want to move Wilson. Um, isn't it? I mean, we still got to resign Wilson, right? I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a 2021 contract as well. No, I think he's actually a year later. Or a year Is he 22? Later. 22. So 22. there's, I think you can kind of, I mean, you kind of, he's, he's made so much progress defensively. Um, but yeah, again, hey, was, you know, and like Theo said, 
you never turn down a good deal. You you look at you listen to everything. It doesn't matter if it's your best player or your worst player. You listen to you listen to offers, and that's what people get like misconstrue with you in the off season. He doesn't say I'm I'm like entertaining trade things. He's he's saying I'd be an idiot to not listen to what these guys have to offer just in case it's a deal that might really be a gold mine for the Cubs. You should listen. If you if 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 a GM says or an owner or a you know president of operations says I'm not listening at all. They're 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 limiting themselves. That you want someone to, uh, um, yes, and they got Amaya. Amaya is a freak show coming up too, so that does make Wilson a little bit more um, expendable. But what does that do with Caratini? Do you keep Caratini around? I mean, uh, you love him. You mean is he going to be the new catcher? Uh, but uh, Caratini. But again, yeah, again, I can't judge the sixty game season. I mean, Caratini was horrible, horrible at the plate, but he had a pretty good solid season last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. That's catcher. a wait. I don't think there's a, I mean, Contreras again, isn't a free agent until after the 2022 season. So he still has uh, multiple years left. Which is, Whoever, team maybe, I don't know. You sell him to an AL team. Who's like, Hey, we'll, we'll use a guy who can hit 35 home runs a year. And maybe, maybe that's how you get some pitching, but I think the, the best way, the value you're going to get is Javi. I really think that teams will look at the Javi name over the Chris Bryant name because the question marks about health. I think Javi is the one person that no matter, he could have hit 110 this year and people would go, Oh, Javi. Oh yeah. Boom. Yeah. Let's hit the trade. It's like that dude in your fantasy league that always trades for like the name that was really good. Like perception wise had like that really good game or two, but they're like, Oh yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. And they like trade their, their most consistent guy for that. You might be able to get someone to like take a trade like that because Javi is a, is a name. He's a marketable piece. And so fan base is going, Oh my God, we got a Javi. Not knowing that he is, you know, even over the course of his career, his runs created makes him 3% above the average major league hitter. And that's it. He's not, elite as an offensive player um but the perception is sure there and maybe you can but i mean it depends just, on which organization maybe the marlins I think I just, I just think, uh, uh maybe uh, i just think uh, front offices front offices are uh are a lot more smarter nowadays i don't think and if they do try i mean yeah I, clubs are gonna get calls but they're gonna just lowball the clubs so yep. i just that's It'll again why i just don't think there's gonna be any any big moves but, but uh, uh talking about the so the the pitch framing Huge improvement because that's what we heard all of like uh, 2019. It's like, yeah, this guy like can't fucking uh, pitch frame. Like, it's nice that he has a uh, 850 OPS, but he keeps costing pitcher strikes. All of a sudden, he became a pretty damn good uh, pitch framer. So that was great to see from him. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? I mean, again, they found some kind of maybe they found a guy uh, in uh, the bullpen. Jason Adam. He came on late. Uh, I know I liked Ryan Tapera early, but man, he just kind of lost it near the end there. Uh, but Jason Adam, Jason Adam, he seemed like a guy, a dude that can, you know, he's obviously not a big name. He's not going to cost you money next year, but maybe you plug him in, uh, the bullpen for next year. Uh, Alec and even Alec Mills, I know Alec Mills had a couple of uh, rough starts, but he had that no hitter. And I think you kind of feel comfortable if he's your fifth starter next year, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's I mean, a good the, five starter. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest question marks are obviously going to be. I know. I know we're talking about the offense, but again, I just don't see. I don't see any big moves. I, I think maybe like they try to get uh, another veteran guy at second base, a contact-oriented hitter. Maybe maybe they bring back uh, Time Lestella. Obviously, the dream is uh, DJ LeMahieu, or what? is he a free agent already? I think so. I think I wow. want to say that that's a big deal. But here's a kicker that makes the biggest question mark non-player related. The biggest question mark in all of this is will Tom Ricketts pay anyone and not force Theo to cut payroll, not add that's payroll. I, that's what I was going to go to. It's the starting rotation because you're going to have to fill in. You're losing. You're basically losing three starters. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe. 
because we don't know what they're going to do with Lester. Uh, you know, he has the $10 million, $10 million buyout. Um, so that's going to be given to him. I don't know if they work out, if they work out a one-year deal with him. But even if you bring him back, I mean, you can't starter. really try at best. That's, yep. And that's you got Alzale, though. You got Adbert coming up now. Adbert's going to be older, but, wider, no, longer term. At least one more starter. At yep. least and one Adbert's, more starter. Yep. So. And Adbert's in that shit-or-get-off-the-pot moment now in his career. Now it's it's enough of him being this possibly good guy. Next year, he's got to be the guy. we got to find out what he does in a, in a full season. That's it. There's no question. He has to be out there. Um, and then, yeah, you go and you look, but if Ricketts isn't going to pay anybody, what, what can Theo do? What can judge do? Hoyer can't do, you know, those guys can't do anything. If, if Mick Ricketts is over here, you know, not you giving, not knowing, allowing them to spend and telling them you must cut payroll. That's just disgusting to me because again, they're a big market team with their own damn channel network. And, you know, they, they, they it's one of the most, they're worth, you know, and this family can, pee out millions of dollars if they have to and not even realize they lost it. And, and this is just on hand cash, let alone this like value and like net worth. And they don't. And that tells me enough about the ownership. But what do Cub fans do? Like, what is the option for a Cub fan when ownership, like uh, an owner like, you know, Tom Ricketts does what he's doing right now, which is pulling and closing the purse strings completely and forcing his, his big, 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 uh, big market team to cut payroll when the rest of the league, you know, winning teams like the Dodgers and championship teams like the Yankees, um, go out there and they actually spend money and they don't worry about 25 million here because you know, their, their franchise is worth $1.8 billion. I don't know. You think you can maybe go in the black or go in the red a little bit just to win a world series. It'll pay itself back. Guaranteed. You win a world series, everything's paid off, but I don't know if that's the question mark to me is Ricketts going to be a, a cheap ass again. Is he going to be Scrooge McRicketts or is he going to say, okay, Theo, just get it done. I don't want to, the fans are fed up. Let's get the fans what they want. I doubt that. I don't think he cares. I think he's already, he's good. I think he won his investment by the Cubs winning the World Series. Now he can sit back and just collect. But maybe I'm wrong. Um, I still think him being his wife in the, in the bleachers is a bullshit story that sold Cub fans on this. He has a PR move. That was it. I don't, I don't see him as a true Cub fan. Tom, Tom, uh, yeah, no, that is Tom Ricketts is not uh, like the <laughs> we. Tom Ricketts is not like us. We are not like Tom Ricketts. Um, I was gonna say, in terms of the off season, the money, uh, whatever happens, and it's not just the Cubs. It's all around baseball. We're gonna see. I think we're gonna see a lot of interesting non tenders. You mentioned Albert Almora. I think he's done with the team. He's gonna be non tendered. Um, yeah. uh, I think there is in recent. There might be some arms out there. Uh, I forget. The, um, the name escapes me right now, but there's the guy from Colorado who the Cubs have been kind of on. Uh, Gray, I think. God. his name? Somebody give me his name. Uh, but him, maybe he gets a non-tender. I don't know. Like, maybe. Yeah, it's frustrating because, again, the outlook, I hate that I'm being pessimistic, but it's not. It's going to look, I feel like it's going to look a lot like the last two years. Maybe they sign a contact hitter, second baseman or something. Value picks, you know, crapshoots, guys, you know, coming back from injury where they're getting them for value and they may be good if they're healthy kind of kind of pickups. Yeah. It's yeah. just – which it's just sucks, man. It shouldn't be like that. We should never go into an offseason going, here we go again. Let's take a nap. Let's go into hibernation basically because there's nothing exciting in the offseason. There's no anticipation. There's no excitement. It's boring. And, you know, that's the that's – the, you know, I, I'm envious of the Sox fans right now because Sox fans have something to cheer about. They have some positivity coming their way. They know that their franchise is still got some money to spend. And they can go out there and, and and improve upon you know a one and done. Whereas the Cubs are just trying to not be one and you know trying to not lose everything where they can even be a contender next year to even make the postseason. 
that's a we're in completely different you're on different trains on the uh, on the track right we now and talked, i'm watching their, their train go we talked about the apprehension coming from cubs fans uh you know or like the season uh oh we just got cut off on periscope too it's fine we're still recording now oh, okay um but you know i mean we talked about it uh for the season preview how go too long the opposite no, i think we could go up to four hours i think it's just because uh, i don't know uh but no we talked about how you know socks have socks can you were right how you know this season is house money for them whatever they do you can take it because they can build on it and for the yes. cubs they're going in the opposite direction and it's just like please win please win because we don't know what the future is going to bring um so any final thoughts here uh kevin um I, you know, uh, it was a good season. You know, I want to, I do want to shout out to like, especially some of our loyal, 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 loyal re- listeners, uh, like Lil Yumper and, and, you know, the group that comes in, you know, uh, uh, Maddie Mitch has been here a ton. Um, Aloha, Mr. Hand, um, some of the new people today, even, you know, thanks for coming out or whatever, but I, you know, it's been a fun, it's been a frustratingly enjoyable time. We went from, like we talked about yesterday, we went from drafting, you know, condiments and like snacks at a ballpark, you know, during the first parts of the, you know, the quarantine and shutdown and we got Cubs baseball. We got baseball. We got we got a nice distraction from, you know, what's going on outside. Um, and we had an opportunity to kind of bridge, you know, a rough summer, you know, a rough spring into a summer. And then, you know, we got to see the Cubs do some really exciting things. You know, there were great moments and there were moments of pain um, and frustration. But in the end, you know, it's we're lucky to have baseball in the first place. We're lucky that the Cubs, um, you know, aren't one of the worst teams, but we're lucky that they, you know, they're a postseason team. We got an opportunity to be upset about their postseason performance. You know, as, there's a lot of people that would kill to have a team that's that's consistently in the postseason you know, five out of six years. And so I think that, you know, the biggest takeaway, you know, I want to thank those guys, you know, every, those, those viewers and listeners and those, you know, the, you know, the Twitter followers, especially uh, are active. Um, you know, Cubs Twitter is a little bit different than White Sox Twitter, but um, I do want to thank, you know, just, you know, everybody that's been around with us, you know, although you too, man, you and I, we, we, we tiff at each other a ton. Uh, you know, it's inside we're going fun. anywhere, but it has always been fun, you know, and, and we're a big, big old family. Um, I just wish that some of the, some of the fringe parts of our family weren't such dickheads. Um, <laughs> meatballs, but you know what? Uh, in the end, that's about the name on the front, not the name on the back when it comes to the Chicago Cubs. And we love that team and, and we're excited to see them Cubs going to the uh, off season. And, and we pray and keep our fingers crossed that ownership does allow Theo to go out and build maybe one more contender and just get on the bus one last damn time with this group at worst. Uh, but if not, it's been a great run with these guys. Um, I sure hope it's not the last time I've seen KB in a uniform, uh, Cubs uniform. Uh, means I really wasted my opportunity to go in, back in the locker room uh, <laughs> and get out there in time to go do that. But uh, I really do. Uh, I think that it's been special still. Uh, it was a frustratingly special season and, you know, it's still a playoff appearance, but uh, really thankful for, you know, getting hanging out with you and Zoe and doing this, this show uh, with the cup stuff too. So thank you guys. I appreciate everything from you guys as well. One yeah, last thing. Uh, echo all the sentiments there for our, uh, all the people listening. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We try to go every week. I know this year this year was obviously tough for not just anything on the field, sports related, just life in general. Any any just uh, in, entertainment that we could bring you, uh, and uh, it means a lot. Uh, listening along to the chats that we've been going live here lately. Uh, but yeah, from Zoe, as Kevin said too. Uh, thank you. Uh, if you like it, share it. Tell your friends. Tell a family member. Tell, I don't know, tell your mailman. Mailman, Jack. Tell tell your other uh, guys <laughs> on the mailman. 
And got some projects um, in the wings too, by the way. So stick around for some of the projects yes. that we might have on the horizon. The Cubs and White Sox might be done, but the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast is not. We will. Uh, we probably. We're definitely not going to be doing the. Uh, man, this sucked. Uh, I kind. I did really enjoy these uh, live, uh, live, live look-ins uh, at the end of these games. Uh, unfortunately, for both teams, it ended very fast. But uh, so we'll be going back to the uh, normal one-week format. Uh, you know, next week we'll talk about the NLCS, ALCS picture. Um, fuck the Cardinals, go Padres. Correct. And, uh, yeah, as Kevin said, uh, you know, we might be rolling out uh, a few new things uh, in the off seasons uh, to keep you guys more entertained so we don't just have to complain about the Cubs not spending money. <laughs> St- study up, kids. Stud- study, yeah. up. study up. Study um, up. Your shit. So, uh, yeah, for Kevin, for Zoe, who uh, not golfing, but I hope he put his pants back on, by the way. Uh, I don't think he left the house with pants on. That's the, that's, the, <laughs> that's the problem I think we're a little concerned with is that pretty sure he was pantsless to begin with. So for Kevin, this is Aldo. Go Cubs, go Sox. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantes or the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. This is what you waiting for. You can put it on the boy. Every season make it all change Take me out to the bar game This is what you waiting for, yeah You can put it on the board, yeah Every season make it all change